All right, here we go. Back in bold. This is Bold Perceptions. We got quite the character on today. A blast from the past. And I was thinking if I should do this or not, but because the topic at hand, you have a lot of uh, experience in it. And uh, Jake, the snake. It's almost two years since our Mexico trip. How are you feeling? Damn, time flies. Almost two years. Year and a half. Yeah, uh, I've been good. I've been good. How have you been? Wonderful. Yeah, life is uh, is moving. It's it's going, and I, I can't complain. Twenty seven in uh, a couple of weeks. Yeah, a weird one. That's crazy. That's crazy. Where are you right now? Poland, right? Yep, Bialystok, Bi- Far East, Poland. Um, I texted you. I said I love it here. It's amazing. Yeah. Poland has got a lot of uh, good things to offer. I think the only down part is the weather, but now it's summer, so it's it's very very nice. But Jake. You came to me and uh, you went through a little situation here that affected a lot of people. And it was big news. It was about the, the Luna, the stable coin. I mean, obviously, the crypto market has freaking been destroyed. And I remember yeah. about a year ago before we went on a, another little uh, uh, quiet time with me and you, you were making a decent amount of money on the, what is it called? The, the bull market, right? You were killing it in crypto, huh? Yeah. So... Why don't we just start off with the HODL strategy thing? Because uh, I think that's one of the most important topics to discuss today. And I want to get to it sooner rather than later. But essentially, so I started off with probably put in like 6K, 7K, and built it all the way up to $55,000. I think it was at its all-time high. By just holding, I wasn't trading leverage, wasn't doing any of that stuff. Uh, so actually, really impressive to build it up that much without trading leverage. So I will give myself props there. But I was a moon boy essentially. I was like, this is this is never going to end. It's it's going to continue to go. But the euphoria phase, like I'm sure you've seen the uh, stock, the stock market psychology uh, image. And I was in the euphoria stage and I should have, I should have sold um, taking profits at that time. Cause now I'm down. I fell down to like 33 K and then Luna happened. And then it fell down to like 10 K. And now I'm fluctuating between 10 and 15K. Yeah, we brought this up. We brought this up actually recently because I uh, got into that ape coin when it was all hot and spicy. And um, I wrote it until the the sale of the land for ape coin. I'm like, no, just I made like uh, 100% on this, like sell this. Like I want to take my money. It's like, you know, maybe it's going to go up and up. And everyone was saying, oh, ape coin is the new shit coin and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, I'm not going to get greedy here. I came here. I did what I wanted to do. But I had a, a saying, I was talking to Tommy about this. It's just like, I'm viewing money so much differently now because I think a lot of dudes that get in crypto, that's like their way out in the United States. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this is how I can go to Miami and get on a boat and, and live great. But I'm like, you know, I need a tenth of that to, to do what you want to do in different parts of the world. So it's like, when I see 100% gain, I'm taking that. You know what I mean? But I think the the greed and the the Europhia in the United States, the crypto investors, the small time guys, they're they're losing their minds. They think they're going to get the Rolex the next day. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is everybody thinks it's a get rich quick scheme and they don't realize how many how many people actually fail, like how many traders are unsuccessful. And so for you taking profit, especially on that ape coin, because it, it crashed like crazy. I remember I I 
I longed it on leverage for a little bit. And just like oh, when I do leverage, except for right now, um, a really good leverage position in Luna. We'll get to that later, though. But uh, I was doing 5X leverage on KuCoin because um, you can do that and uh, futures. And I longed ApeCoin and I made like, I don't know, 100 bucks and uh, just took the profit. And yeah, but that's smart of you to sell it. Because, like you said, just crash. No use case. Yeah, so let's get into this. So you just lost a crap ton of money. Um, you got hit pretty hard. And then Luna hit you really hard. So you were all in on Luna. That was one of your, your babies. I know a lot of people got lucky on that one at the start. Yeah, Luna was... I invested in Luna for the first time in July of last year when it was under $6. Luna's all-time high is $119. So at its peak, I had like $20,000 worth of Luna. And uh, all that got wiped out. Lost all of it. No, actually, I didn't lose all of it. I salvaged three th- about 3000 of it. So it was about 3000 of it. Well, why and- did Luna shoot up in the first place? What was so special about this? So what they did is... They made a stable coin called UST. So Luna is under the Terra network. It's Terra Luna. Uh, Terra is the umbrella, which Luna is under, and UST is under. So UST is the stable coin, and Luna is the coin that runs the decentralized exchange. It's their exchange token, essentially. And so in order for them to mint or create UST they would burn Luna essentially destroying Luna lowering its circulating supply thus increasing its price because there isn't as many coins out there on the market that are available so that's how it started to begin to shoot up I mean and UST was it for uh, that and DAI, I think that's how you pronounce it, D-A-I, are the two first decentralized, uh, oh, I guess, and MIM spell, but uh, first two decentralized stable tokens. And UST got all the way into the top 15 market cap in uh, no time, super, super fast. And it wasn't backed by anything tangible it was backed by an algorithm so this is the point right this is the point these stable coins are supposed to be one with the dollar right so you can exchange a stable coin and you have one dollar real fiat money correct this is the yeah. like a really exciting thing about stable coins and then you're talking about the decentralized thing is like if you hold this money you get uh uh, like a, a dividend like 20 percent they're pitching or what was it yeah so they had so anchor protocol is also under the Terra network. And so you were able to take UST and stake it on Anchor for 20% yields, which is- 20% unheard. return, right? And um, yeah. staking it is, is you can't touch it, correct? Well, what, was the, what was the last part? What was the question? Staking is you can't touch it. So you say, okay, my, my stuff is, I can't touch it. Yeah. And some places where you stake, you can unstake- immediately and some places where you stake there's a lockup period where you can't 
unstake it or you, when you unstake it, it takes a certain amount of days to officially unstake. And Luna was is one of the ones that has a lockup period. Like I remember when I first bought Luna, I staked it on KuCoin, and uh, it's locked for 21 days. So after I unstaked it, I had to wait 21 days to get my uh, Luna out of the uh, staking it was in so when it's all locked up like that and then you have this to happen with uh the depegging of ust which crashed on which we'll get into these people can't sell so they're they're screwed they're completely screwed because their luna is all locked and for people wondering they're doing this because they're they're promised a 20 percent return like yeah. it's free money in their brain, right? Because they think uh, uh, the Luna and all that stuff, the stable coin is one, one. But the whole yeah. time it wasn't. So it was a lie, right? I don't know, necessarily know if it was a lie, but it was. they tried to do it in a way that other stable coins haven't done. So like Tether is the biggest stable coin. They're essentially just like the Federal Reserve. They just kind of, we can get into that too. There's some stuff around Tether, but they're like the Federal Reserve essentially. They're backed one to one with the US dollar. Um, at least that's what they claim. I, I've heard otherwise, but or like, like Binance USD, we'll use that one, or USDC, we'll use that one. That is backed one to one with the US dollar, and it will stay that way because they have the actual money with inside the company. Whereas Luna or USC was backed by an algorithm. And I'm not entirely sure. I'm not smart enough to know how they set up the algorithm and how that, uh, how it all worked out. But essentially it was backed by an algorithm. And then it was also Do Kwan, the creator of Luna, and Tara said that he bought a ton of Bitcoin to also back the peg. But there's been a lot of people like questioning, you know, what, where did that Bitcoin go? Why, why wasn't that used to try to, why, why didn't they sell that? I think it was $10 million worth of Bitcoin to get the peg back up because they put it in a treasury and that treasury around, along with the algorithm was what was keeping UST pegged one-to-one -to, -one to the U.S. dollar. Can you explain this in just simple layman terms, like what everything we just talked about? Give me a simple analogy. Yeah. So um, the stable coin is a dollar bill, it, but it's electronic. It, it's on your phone. It's, it, it's, a, it's a crypto dollar. Um, it's never going to go or it shouldn't ever go up or down in price. It should always be $1. And what happened with UST is there was a coordinated attack. They still really don't know what happened, uh, if it was insiders or if it was a couple hackers. But they did a coordinated attack, which allowed them to depeg the UST from the dollar by shorting UST um, 
large amounts of money. Like it was definitely a coordinated attack. Um, effectively killing Luna then. They killed their USD yeah, team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Effectively killing Luna. And I think it probably is either like it, it, it's either inside job or it's one of the other big players. Like it was definitely a coordinated attack the way they did it. Um, like you can check the chain. Uh, um, and just see, like they had, it, like the timing of it all was just like perfectly done, and how they did it. Um, but sixty billion was lost, which is equivalent to the Bernie Madoff and the Enron crash. So, like that's how big this is, and that's why, like it's crazy that they just came out with Luna two point just out of the two days later um, where this dude Doak Wan should probably be in jail. Yeah. So I read a lot of different conspiracies and about this coordinated attack and whatnot. And it was quite interesting because the crypto market still, if, if you have liquidity, if you have, you know, hundred million, you can make big moves in it. Know what I mean? And uh, what they did seemed like it was like, they were trying to get rid of this, this uh, stable coin, maybe to prop up the other stable coins or do something. But um, for anyone that wants to invest in the crypto space, it's still the wild, wild west. You know what I mean? Like oh, the big dogs are controlling everything and they can crash anything they want, basically. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't realize. And it took me a while to realize is that it's still retail has no control over the market at all. It's not a retail that's dictating which if we're going bullish or bearish if we're going up or down it, it's the big money players and i hate when people will say like uh we're so far ahead of uh people in the government and stuff like that like you really think people within the government and bankers don't know this stuff haven't sat down and studied this stuff like they know exactly they're in it like it, it, it it's a heavily manipulated thing and what I think this is going to do is bring upon regulations, which, you know, good and bad. I don't know. Um, yeah. So basically, Bitcoin was always preached. Oh, this is for the people. This is how we take back power. But in the end, it's becoming just like every other monetary system, you know, that's ever happened is the people take control of it and the top dogs run it. And the young retail people are at the the mercy of the top dogs. Yeah. And the other thing about Bitcoin, I personally, me, I don't like Bitcoin. I don't own any Bitcoin. I never will. Um, because one, it started off, what its original intent was, it was supposed to be uh, a way to pay money or a way to exchange. It was supposed to be a new form of payment. Now it's become a store of value, similar to what gold is. So they've changed from essentially trying to be a new dollar monetary system to a new uh, financial like gold. Yeah. So I don't like Bitcoin. I think big and Bitcoin dictates the market way too much. Um, but yeah, it's the heavy it's the heavy players that are dictating the way the market goes, and they manipulate it, and they know they. They're very, very smart. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, and so let me ask you this then. So why wouldn't buy and hold be the best uh, way to do it if you're trying to compete against these big boys by selling when you think you should sell or when you should sell? Should you just hold and hope in five years that you got a 10% or a, 
a 10 X return? I mean, it's up to you at the end of the day. Uh, it depends on what you're in it for. Are you looking to, you know, make quick cash or are you in it for the tech? And for the people that say that they're in it for the tech, they're not in it for the tech at this time because we're so far out from the tech actually being implemented into everyday life. They're in it to make money because, like you said earlier when we started, this seems to be the way for people in our generation to get out of the rat race of the nine to five. Um, but so what is your strategy? You tell me you're, you, sh you shouldn't be buying and holding. Like you think you should do something else. Yeah, I think you should find a few projects. I, my favorite project, I'll just say it is Phantom FTM. So I will always hold Phantom. I'm not going to sell that. But what I'm going to, what I've started doing is when I see a major price increase, I'll sell or take profit because I know a retrace is coming. Even if I didn't catch the top, because that's too many people try to do. They either try to catch the top or the bottom, and that's too hard to do. So on the way up, I'll take take profit, and then it's due for a retrace. So once it retraces, I'll rebuy it again, and then I just have more FTM and continue to do so. But I think FTM is going to be here to stay. Um, that is a really smooth uh, DeFi ecosystem that I enjoy. But yeah. And this is not financial advice, everybody. Do your own research. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. You've been diving deep into this space, obviously, for whatever, a year, maybe two years. And look, you got lucky too. You hit the bull run, you hit Luna, you bought it at $6, went up to 180. So let's not act like you're, you know, this financial wizard, but you've done a lot of studying, right? And you've got into these weird crypto spaces, the Twitters and whatnot. From this learning experience, from losing the money, making the money, what have you really learned from uh, this crypto journey? And like what uh, wish you wouldn't have done besides the holding strategy now that you've uh, learned this information? That's a good question. I wish I would have sold earlier. Uh, trust your gut. That's what I would say. It, at the end of the day, if you don't know what to do, trust your gut. Because there's been plenty of times where I've been in situations where I I don't know if I should buy this coin. I don't know if I should sell. I don't know. Like I, for a while there, I was just stress, 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 about it constantly. And that's when I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to get into stable coins essentially right now. So that's pretty much all I'm in right now is stable coins. Um, and so I've biggest lesson I've learned is not be, to not be greedy, you know, take your profit, take your money. It's, it's not your money until, it's in your bank account. Otherwise, it's just numbers on the screen. What about how you study? Is it the Twitter accounts? Is that the best way? Are they a bunch of scam guys? Um, is it Discord? Like, uh, where are you getting some good information? So, Twitter is really, 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 really good um, with information. But you have to be careful who you follow, who you listen to. Uh, I found good uh, people that I trust that don't like promote coins. I, I, I don't buy coins that I see influ influencers promoting because usually they're uh, BS, B, 
BSC, Binance Smart Chain coins, and those are usually all rug pulls. So I stay away from those type of influencers. And another good place is just like go read the white papers of the crypto, like read what you're actually investing in, go play with like the DeFi. For example, like with Phantom, like I wouldn't use Spooky Swap and Spirit Swap. And there's a super smooth experience. It was super easy for me to pick up and learn. And so if it's super easy for me to pick up and learn and do that, I know it will be super easy for someone else to pick up and learn. So it's one, using it. You got that right. You're not the brightest ball, but you figured out some little crypto things. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say. But it, it then also I did reach out to people like on Twitter. And I have a Twitter of not gonna say my name i blocked everybody that i had followed me and i just have it to follow crypto news essentially and but i reach out to people still on that i'll dm them if their messages are open and just if i have a question i'll ask it to them and one guy helped me a ton he was the one that introduced me to phantom uh he introduced me to a couple other things he made me a lot of money or did make me a lot of money yeah, so that's a good point because, like you said, like your Twitter is not like a big Twitter, right? But a lot of these people in this space are open and helping other people, especially if you don't just ask dumb questions like, how do I put money in exchange? Like if you ask them like intelligent questions, it seems like it, there's a lot of good people that are willing to help others get into the space. So there's definitely good people in the crypto space that are definitely willing to help. Just send them a message, but be careful as well because there are a bunch of scammers, tons of scammers, an unbelievable amount. If you just type in MetaMask and reply to a tweet, there will be so many bot accounts that reply with pretending they're MetaMask support and they'll send you a Google Doc. And when you have a MetaMask, you have a seed uh, phrase, which is if you lose your password, you have your seed phrase, which is either 12 to 25 words in a specific order that you have to put in. Um, And they get people a seed uh, phrases by doing that so you gotta be careful yeah, I, i've had i got the minimas now i kept some of the stuff in there and do that like I, especially if i had like what tommy has like the board ape yachts he's got a ton of like valuable nfts i would be stressed all the time it's a freaking browser extension and dude's got you know millions of dollars in it and it could be hacked like that yeah well that the other day I was on Twitter and I was I saw some uh, for Phantom and Spirit Swap offering some deal and I was I was looking at it and I was like oh, this seems too good to be true but I'll I'll look at it because the account had twenty four thousand followers and then I clicked on the website and it said log in and I was like eh, something doesn't feel right about this and so I looked at the URL and it was spiritswap.com where the real site is spiritswap.finance so it was a scam site and if i would have put if i would have logged into my metamask like it was asking me to like to connect my metamask to the uh page they have been able to steal everything with inside my metamask which i have so a substantial amount in yeah and, and until they figure out how to get more safety and secure, which obviously is probably going to come with regulations. I mean, the normal person's probably too, you know, even me, I'm looking at this thing like, damn, if I do one wrong thing or if someone hacks this, I mean, all of it could be taken away. And 
So that's kind of the pros and cons of the the regulation thing. I mean, if you want more of the retail people and more of the dumber people in, you got to make it more safe, no? Yeah, but what you should do and what I should do and what your Tommy should do is have a cold well or a cold ledger, a ledger where it's basically a hard drive and it's all saved on that. Everything is so it's not saved to your computer. The only way you can access it is through plugging the ledger in. Like I know some people that are I don't know them, but I've read uh it's like some big players have, you know, specific laptops for specific wallets that they lock in safes and they'll have it. Then they'll have a different laptop for a different wallet and whatnot. But yeah, it, it is scary because you read the stories on Twitter of people being hacked and losing a ton of money, um, especially within the board, a yacht club community. Most, uh, I would say a good 50% of those uh, uh, NFTs are stolen. Yeah, it's wild. It reminds me of uh, um, in Medellin. I'm in their uh, expat Facebook group. And uh, they talk about this drug, Scopio, Scopid. It's getting really big down there where it's basically a brainwashing drug. Like you put it in their drink or you get it in their face and they become like a, a moist robot to the person. And a lot of crypto guys went down there because obviously it's cheap as hell and the women are like top in the world. And uh, they just they were stealing um, seed phrases and ledgers like left and right because the person would be um, coherent. Right. But he would be like uh, hypnotized. Basically, the drug is crazy. And they say, OK, what is your password? Yeah. What is your password? What is this and that? And they would get it and they would steal, you know, millions of dollars from these dudes. Freaking crazy. Yeah, I've heard. Of that drug and like people blowing it in people's faces, then bringing them to the ATM machine and saying, and they just willingly comply. They, like you said, they're completely competent, but they aren't at the same time. They're a zombie essentially. And I thought this was BS, but they got vice documentaries on it and they post videos in this expat groups of dudes, you know, uh, walking with girls in their hotel rooms and then they go through and they leave with his suitcase. He packs the suitcase for the girl, all his valuables. And then she just walks out with it. No issues. It's freaking nuts. Jake, I got a question. Best exchange for a beginner to use or um, per- person that's into this too. So best exchange for the beginner, best exchange for someone that's you that's been in it for a while. Exchange for beginner. Let's uh, probably say Coinbase or Binance is the easiest to use if you're a beginner. Coinbase is probably the easiest, but I would do if you're going to do Coinbase, do Coinbase Pro because for some reason Coinbase has outrageous fees when you buy, like, if you bought $100 worth of Bitcoin, you get $95 worth of it. Where on Coinbase Pro, you spend $100 on Bitcoin, you get all $100 of it. So I'd say Coinbase or Coinbase Pro. But the problem with that and Binance US and even FTX US is that they don't have a lot of the cryptos um, on their exchange. I know Coinbase doesn't have Luna. Um, so, our, yeah, Coinbase isn't. Binance took it off. Uh, I use KuCoin. KuCoin's the one I use. It's a little bit more complicated, but I like it because, one, 
you don't have to enter any of your personal information, upload your uh, driver's license, ID, and all that if you don't want to, which is nice because in America you can't trade uh, on leverage. And on KuCoin, you can trade up to 5x leverage um, without KY, without KYC, you know, your customer, without uploading all that stuff. So that's what I'm uh, – I use KuCoin. So within an hour, I could be buying Bitcoin off KuCoin, right? Yeah. Mm. The, the thing about KuCoin that is a little bit more challenging is – you buy if you remember i took you through you have to like buy through a third party it's to it's not the best place to buy what i would recommend is you up put money into like coinbase pro and you have to have it sitting there for a certain amount of time because it essentially loans it to you and lets you use it right away before it debits it from your account 5 days later so i always have money in my coinbase pro account so if I want to move money to KuCoin to buy something, I can do that. And I'll like change it to XRP or XLM or actually, no, Litecoin. Litecoin's fast. It's super fast and super cheap to send back and forth. And then I convert it to Tether USDC and then purchase what I want. Um, Litecoin stayed alive for a long time. Dude, Litecoin, I, honestly... Litecoin is much better than Bitcoin. I'll say that in terms of transaction speed, uh, transaction fees, it's it's a lot better. It's it's Bitcoin. I've sent Bitcoin, Bitcoin transactions before, and they can take up to an hour. So. Cool. What other big points did you want to hit on? Otherwise, it'll be a quick little 30-minuter. Got the main issues of Luna. Got your whole uh, little story the last year. What other main points do you want to hit on? I think I cover most of it. Uh... Basically, take some damn profits. Stop being greedy. This uh, crypto space is the wild, wild west. If you're going to get into it, be ready to lose that money. I know. I don't know if it was you who... Um, did you invest more than you have or... Were you risking too much? No, no. I, and that's the thing is I haven't really put money in since. I don't know last time I put money in. I haven't, I, I haven't put money in for a while. And so I've really built up my, I probably have put in $6,000, $7,000. And right now, I mean, it was fucking $55,000, but. No, it's not. Okay, do you think this market's still going to be a bear for a while, especially with all the crap that's going on in the world? I would assume so. I would assume so. Uh, but everybody thinks that, and it always seems the market does the opposite of what everybody thinks. Oh, my God. That was so true when everyone said it is 100,000 by the end of the year. <laughs> Every major news site, I'm like, this is bullshit. There's no way in hell that this is going to reach 100 grand, and then obviously, bang. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone, CNN, MSNBC, oh, Goldman Sachs is the Bitcoin is the future, crypto, crypto, crypto. Michael uh, Michael Saylor was saying, take another mortgage out on your house and go buy Bitcoin. And yeah, that's another reason I don't like Bitcoin. It's just like the Bitcoin maxis and stuff like that are just so annoying. Uh, so 
Yeah. You're not in the NFT space? How about the NFTs and the Phantom Network? Are they still decent or no? <sighs> not not really. I mean, I regret buying NFTs, to be honest, especially the ones I did. I mean, I could make a profit on some, I think. So, I don't know. I haven't checked for a really long time. I have, like, 100 Phantom NFTs, and I bought them, like, cheap. So, it's not like I spent a shit ton on them, but... I haven't never sold one. Um, and that's the problem is like in a bear market, they're, they're not liquid. So I'm, I'm staying away from, from NFTs for, uh, for a while. I, there's, unless it's like a metaverse, like really advanced, you can buy a plot of land, but there, we haven't reached the point and crypto gaming and metaverse yet where it's worth spending that much money on a computerized version piece of land. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm ever since I've been doing this series with uh, Tommy um, create a metaverse business. I'm totally a hundred percent into this NFT stuff and I have one, but the idea behind it is because, uh, the like the real world utility right and i'm not talking about no uh, metaverse crap and all that stuff but like with him you know if you're a resident he's gonna pay for my gym membership wherever i am he's gonna get me you know a maid you know once a month like just because i hold his resident uh nft i've seen the real world value but then i was really um uh hit on it when a dude that i uh listened to his podcast watch his content he came out with like this um this kind of like uh comic book nft thing where it was just cool design and it fit with the content of his uh what he does with content but then a lot of them were like okay hey you get a a three-hour coaching session three hours of coaching with me over the next uh three months and then there's one where you get to fly out to dubai and go on a yacht with him and then like a bunch of other little ones if you just hold this thing and then um i think it's uh it works for three years right so each year I get to go on the yacht with him in Dubai, but then I can also sell it after the first year. So I did my yacht thing. I'm like, okay, hey, someone else can have these next two years, this NFT. And I was like, this is super cool, like for like bold. Like I've been doing a lot of consultations yeah, that, lately. And, and if I started selling these NFTs too, it's like the next person that sells it to someone else, you know, you get a cut of it, right? The original yeah, royalty. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, this is a really good idea. Instead of, you know, doing shit through Venmo or what I do is like, you know, make an NFT. And if you want to do co- consultation with me, you need to get the NFT. I think it's uh there's a lot of cool utility aspects behind that for sure. Ooh. Another really good one. And someone sent me this is uh, this big podcast. Um, God, I forgot their name, but they basically did a, a charity event for, I think one NFT. And it was like weekly. They got uh, uh, a minute or two minute uh, advertisement on their podcast. Right. So they're yeah. just like doing a, a random charity thing. So if you get it, you can do, you know, a minute of whatever you want. It didn't, it didn't have to be just a commercial. Someone could go on there and say crazy stuff and they have to put it in there uh, like weekly. I'm like, this is a great idea. Like, this if you hold cool. their NFT. Yeah. Is there any monetary value with those NFTs or is it just like perks like that? Yeah. The utility. That's the real world utility. So like, yeah. Um, if you hold one of his NFTs, the guy I was talking about before, you have uh, all of his content for the future too. So whatever he comes out with, you get sent that because you have the NFT. And you can sell it to someone else, and then you get no more content, and then that person gets all of his content forever. 
network is this like an ethereum Solana? yeah, ethereum. yeah ethereum. ethereum and so you own one of them no i didn't buy any from them but i just thought that was so freaking cool and like i'm trying to think of ideas for myself like oh how could i you know make the nft thing happen yeah i wanted to try to get into the nft space and like try to find uh artists and stuff and whatnot because a lot of money to be made in that especially nowadays people need the reason nfts became so popular is because people had so much money with crypto but they couldn't spend it on anything and then nfts come along and it's like oh i can finally buy something with this internet money and so that's why nfts exploded in my opinion but i think think the community part was one of the biggest things because people got you had uh, everyone sit in their place and all said, oh, I'm part of this yacht club and I'm this. And then they all help each other build other businesses outside of it. And Tommy, what he's doing is building a business behind it, like building a brand out of his freaking NFT. Right. And it's got all the backing from other board, eight people. And, and they go to the events together for free. And it's, you know, it's cool. Like that's uh community is huge. Uh, that's 100 percent. And I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say that bring that up earlier is that 100 percent the community is the biggest part of nfts i believe and that that's what drives the value of them because like you said especially during covid and whatnot people are sitting at home on their phone people are more lonely depressed don't have friends, like not going to school so they are finally a part of a community they all have something in common um so yeah definitely the community aspect helped nfts grows grow but i during a bear market i wouldn't want to be holding nfts unless they have utility like unless yeah my one dude like i mean like i'm thinking i have i don't know if i paid for any of his contacts he gives out so much free stuff i probably should i probably should support him cough you listeners support me if i come up with different things but uh it's like uh you know, that's a lot of value. If I have one of these NFTs and I have all this content for the future and obviously you can stop making content, but that's part of the thing. Like what's behind the NFT, the community, the project, the the people in place. But it's a, it's a really neat uh, concept. And I hope to get more. We talked about doing like a bold coin, you know, or a bold NFT, like even just the logo and then doing different perks with it too. So, you know, if you have one, then, uh, you know, we put your name on the, the episodes at the end. This is brought to you by, you know, these names, like a Patreon account, basically, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of uh, good stuff behind it. I hope it keeps uh, developing and developing because it's huge for content creating people to be able to utilize uh, these certain things. Yeah. Well, I think eventually, too, NFTs will be like your car deed, your driver's license. Your yeah, own. the deed for real estate. Yeah, that was like what everyone was always hyped about is like this is a non-fungible token. Like you can't make this a fraud. We can look back in the, the. I mean, it, it gets rid of all that crap. So yeah, the future is definitely bright for it too. That's why it's like, okay, this may be the time to strike in some of these good the uh, good little NFT projects if uh, they're rolling. Yeah, and I will say this. You asked me earlier what I think uh, the future is are we going to continue bearish or go bullish the reason i made so much money is because i bought in july most in july when there was a ton of fear across the market after that big crash that's when i made the majority of my money or that's when i made pretty much all my money so it's hard to time the bottom i would say dollar cost average 
you gotta decide if you're an investor or trader as well. I'm really starting to get into trading um, because it's kind of an adrenaline rush. Yeah, I think that, I think that's exactly why you're into a lot of this stuff because it gets you a different kind of high. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Like I made more. Uh, I woke up today and looked at my phone and made more last night while I was asleep from a trade than I would have had a whole day at work. So, but I've also been liquidated for like $500 before. So it, it goes both ways. You gotta be smart, set stop losses, take profit. Um, so that's what I always do now. So that's an interesting game too. Like I think, uh, especially for nomads and people that uh, want to be on the run, like trading is huge. Like that's how you can, be anywhere and you know make good trades and make good money but trading too is like it's a win-loss game like somebody's winning and somebody's losing that's why i'm really into creating something like bold where i can make value out of nothing and get it in return instead of just taking from everywhere else but to his or her own you know if you want to go rob the middle class go for it that is true you in order to make money, somebody has to lose money in crypto and in trading. But I've also been starting to trade uh, Forex, uh, trade currencies versus each other, getting into that. Uh, that's an interesting world. It's a lot less volatile than crypto. Um, so should, I'm guessing it should be a little bit easier, to be honest. Well, that's the thing, too. I love taking advantage of, obviously, earning dollars. Then I go where the dollars are really strong. Like, shit, when I was in Brazil, it was 5-5, five, five, and now it was like 4-5 because they're uh, providing a lot of oil and I think other stuff because of this Ukraine war and food. And people, I mean, it was way more expensive when people are, you know, asking me about Floripa and what should I do, what should I shouldn't do. And I'm like, oh, I paid this for that. Now it's that. Are you kidding me? So the currency thing is very neat. If you're especially nomadic, go to these spots like the Argentina, like it was $1, 200 peso on the black market. You know, the official currency is $1, 100 pesos, but you can get double your money if you, you know, go to the blue market, go to the the, the Western Union thing. But yeah, I like the currency idea too, because obviously I've, uh, I've been experiencing a lot of it now. Like, oh, now the year on the dollar almost the same. Shit, the last three yeah. years, like I was, it was like I was losing ten percent off the dollar. Now it's almost one versus one, so it's a fire sale going on. That's wild. That that's wild. And then I saw the ruble. Uh, I was looking at the chart today of the ruble versus U.S. dollar, and uh, you can't Biden, exchange it though. I know, but Biden tweeted something at like the pico bottom of it, like how the ruble is done for, and then ever since then it's just been it's rallied really hard you can't exchange for it you know that right it's totally fake basically what they're doing like yeah they're pegged it to gold and whatnot but if you have rubles you can't exchange them for any other currency so unless you can get into russia and somehow spend it is worthless wasn't well, is is saudi arabia or india purchasing their oil now from russia and using the ruble wait isn't there some sort of deal with that where they're not using the petrodollar anymore well, the germans are too through that one special bank where they do convert it to dollars or euros like but a lot of countries hungary is the only one that said okay fuck it we're gonna just buy our oil and whatnot but uh no the the, the petrodollar is still in in good hands and i think uh more countries are going to be in trouble if if that uh changes anytime soon yeah, if the dollar collapses, the, the world's kind of screwed then, isn't it? Because 
the world kind of runs on the U.S. dollar, doesn't it? Unless our military all of a sudden goes bye-bye in one day, um, I don't think the dollar, dollar will probably keep losing value. And like we've seen over, you know, whatever, the 100 years, but the military backs the dollar. <laughs> that's that what, that's what matters. That is true. That is true. Well, okay, I have a question for you then. When you're, like right now here in Florida, like groceries, gas, everything is super, super expensive. Um, and I know like out in California, gas was over $7 for a while. In Poland, and when you're traveling, are you seeing increased prices? Across? Yeah, for them, for them. They're going broke over here and I'm only getting richer. So when the dollar, like inflation kills USA, it's, de it's being devalued outside of it. And the dollar's stronger than ever. So while they're, you know, these prices are unheard of for them, it's like even cheaper than it was for me, would have been like two, three years ago. It's, it's crazy. So like this is the perfect time to travel when the dollar is so strong because the rates are keep going up. And when the rates keep going up, the dollar keeps getting stronger. Huh. All right. So take that into consideration. Yeah. So while you guys are fighting for, you know, $10 eggs or whatnot, and just think of me living like a king out here. <laughs> yeah, it, it is ridiculous, especially now since I've, I've gotten gluten free. Uh, Cause I found out I had like gluten sensitivities and that was like what would cause my face to get super red and all that stuff. Um, but like that food is the gluten free food is so expensive. It's ridiculous. It, the, the difference between the healthy food, or at least they say it's healthy. Who knows if it's actually healthy. It's probably all GMO versus the like Mac and cheese fake processed food is ridiculous. The price difference. Hey, Reddit told me GMOs are good again. Ten years ago, they hated it, but Mos Mosatano, whoever, they got bought out by whoever. They ran the biggest astroturfing campaign on Reddit I've ever seen. Everywhere oh, it went. Monsanto? Yeah. GMOs are good now, and they, they feed all the, the starving African people, and like this is the best thing in the world. But 110%, I'm a firm believer that Americans are being poisoned, even though we did an episode of Why Are Americans So Fat with a local farm guy. And he said, like, okay, it's not necessarily like that. There's a reason this and that. But the the food, in my opinion, is 110% different outside of the USA. Like, I, when I go there, it takes me two weeks before my body, like, readjusts to whatever the hell I'm eating in there. And I don't, I don't eat, like, shitty food either. Like, there's something weird going on over there. But I agree. I agree. what it is. Because even the short time in, in Mexico when we were there, you, complete difference in – even even the candy bars, like it's made with cane sugar, it's made with real sugar. Where here it's high twos, dose, corn syrup, or whatever the hell, however the hell you pronounce it. So yeah, it is, it is, it is crazy. But yeah, that's all I got on crypto right now. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Not a little bad for lay for a into the podcast space. It's been a while for you, big boy. Maybe you can uh, get behind the scenes. We'll see. We got uh, things to discuss and, you know, see what's happening. But it's good to see your little golf hat again. And uh, Thank you. thanks for some information. And um, you have a good uh, rest of your day in lovely Florida. You enjoy the rest of your, I don't know what time it is there, in Poland. What time is it there? Do you have anything to say to the old listeners that used to listen to Jakey? I miss you guys. Hope you guys are all doing well. Hope you miss me too. Hope my hope my uh, my my presence of not being here is uh, noticed. <laughs>
Uh, it sounds good. Hey, everyone, live bold. Uh, hey, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That thing's pumping. We finally hit 30,000 views. It's amazing. So go subscribe. And oh, I'm hoping this summer I'll be actually doing some like travel vlogs and whatnot. So those will only be posted on the YouTube. Bold Perceptions. Ciao, ciao.